Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. Hi mate, how's it going? I'm good, man. Really, 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 really happy. Really yeah, we happy. We did it, didn't we? Yeah, we did it. We uh, did it. We did you know it. A little bit, a little peek behind the curtain here because obviously like, we, we were talking last week at length about the Great American Fashion, how we didn't want the finish to be a certain way. Um, and immediately when we said that, people from the podcast were like, tweeting us they didn't spoil it for us but they were tweeting us saying well if you've seen the spoilers then i think you're going to be very happy which you know gives you <laughs> that enough is a spoiler to, it kind of <laughs> gives you it gives you enough to guess what might happen but then i you know i was at least like maybe adam cole will win maybe they just think well, we'll be happy because karen cross didn't ruin the match uh, someone did at least get crowned a double champion and then literally on the friday uh ollie tagged everyone on discord being like hey WrestleTalk <laughs> management um what do you think of these thumbnails and the first one was Keith Lee winning both championships. And it was just like, even though it was blurred out, you could so obviously Only see just. It. it was not just properly about, blurred. It was, like, it was literally like, how do you know? It's like, what, what do you think, Keith Lee? How different? To, the, the blur is brown, Lee? Ollie. I, I mean... <laughs> It was it was incredible the the fact that he just didn't think that we have that spoil for us. So now my goal in life is to find AEW spoilers and send them to Ollie. So if you ever have any AEW spoilers, <laughs> message them to me on Twitter and then I'll message them to Ollie because I want to ruin his life for ruining my sweet sweet programming. But we're going to talk about that programming right now. Obviously starting with Keith Lee's big big win, but then going through the rest of the show. Here it is. big talking point from this week is that NXT has a new double champion and it's only bloody limitless Keith Lee. Oh, I'm so pleased. Yes. So chuffed. If you were going to give it to anyone, um, I think Keith Lee is the perfect choice for it. I think even more so than Adam Cole. I think like it, it did really feel like Adam Cole's time in NXT kind of come to a close. He's, he's accomplished everything that you could really accomplish and being a double champion doesn't 
do as much for him to cement his legacy. And I think like giving it to Keith Lee, it, it, this is the kind of character that WWE in future, like future-proofing WWE's roster. I feel like Keith, Keith, making big deals out of Keith Lee and Karrion Cross is something that will translate really well to the main roster and they will know what to do with, hopefully. Like Adam Cole as a character, I think will go up and he will have a, uh, a Shawn Michaels-esque run I think that's what they will just, they will pigeonhole him into that sort of like, you're, you're a small guy. Maybe maybe you get a bit of Shawn Michaels, but more likely he's going to end up like a Daniel Bryan. Um, but yeah, I just I just think this is the perfect choice. I think Keith Lee versus, like, building to Keith Lee versus Karen Cross, if that's where they're going, that is a clash of the titans that I really, really want to see. Um, and this was a fantastic match to send Adam Cole's uh, NXT Championship run out on. What do you yeah. think? I'd loved it. Um, I really strong episode of NXT. Like it, I think this could have been a one match show. And while there definitely was a really amazing match on it, I was surprised at how kind of varied the whole night felt. But yeah, as you say, Keith Lee, my my future husband, my my man, my man did it, and I'm so 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 happy for him. Uh, yeah, I think Michael uh, Michael Cole Michael Cole would have been the wrong choice for double champion in NXT. <laughs> Unconventional, but uh, yeah, Adam Cole would have been like you would have faced real resentment for kind of like, he's already sort of felt like he's, uh, Overstatus welcomes the wrong like thing, because I don't think he would necessarily still be here if we had fans, but he feels like his time has his, has mm-hmm. passed in NXT now. And I think he is one carry and cross uh, squash match away from uh, making his debut after SummerSlam. Oh, um, yeah. And yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I, I got high hopes for Adam Cole. Um, I think like, him coming in and burning the house down with Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, in the clutch when they really needed like a SmackDown save. I, I think he's got a lot of goodwill uh, from that. And I hope that translates into him being taken properly seriously. Um, I mean, he's got, the, yeah. he's got the perfect entrance for that sort of like, it's the pop check, isn't it? It's, you know, when people, when people are like, oh, I don't know if anyone's, I can't really tell if they're over or not. People are cheering for the entrance, whatever. Adam Cole just does this and everyone shouts his name. It's like, yep, he's still over. That's good. That's all we have to do to check. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I just think this was this was such a good send off for Cole. Like this was this was a matter. There was no shenanigans from the undisputed era. There was no cheating. This was just Adam Cole, serious champion, comes out but sort of really hard fought match against Keith Lee. He took Keith Lee to his limit. But Keith Lee is limitless, and Keith Lee wins out in the end. I thought there was some really really fun moments in this as well. I liked the idea that sort of. Cole was being like not devious, but Cole was being like clever about his offense. He was trying to chop down the bigger man, and Keith Lee was very confident early on, and like he was having, he was kind of having fun in this scenario. He's 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 been in a situation where he's never really had Adam Cole one on one before. In like he's never really, it's always been he's always been swarmed by other people. He's been trying working his way through the undisputed era and everyone else to get to Adam Cole. And now he finally has him. And there's all these bits like, you know, do you remember Johnny Gargano? I remember Johnny Gargano. And then he runs and tries to <laughs> push him through the barricade. And obviously that backfires. And then there was the bit where the Ivan Drago bit in the corner where he's like, I must break him uh, with a, <laughs> like, I really like this kind of like showing Keith Lee's charisma in a match because he's, he's had a, obviously a lot of amazing moments in WWE. Um, especially in NXT of like, you know, the sort of rising from defeat and uh, the like, just all of his amazing feats of athleticism as well. But he, 
doesn't always get the chance to really show his personality beyond the names of his moves and being like, oh, a bit of a geek. I'm a bit of a dork. I'm quite funny. And this was a, this was kind of a nice opportunity to get like the the notion that going forward, Keith Lee, the double champion of NXT, the, the guy that the brand is going to be built around for the next little while at least, is a very charismatic guy. And you should be paying attention to that because that that's like... It's now going to be shown in the matches. It's not just about how crazy an athlete he is, because obviously he is first like a once in a generation athlete, really. Um, and yeah, I think Adam Cole hung with him quite well here. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're in a difficult place with kind of uh, gen like Keith Lee. I think is is brilliant, but I think babyface champions i think need to have that conversation with the fans uh which is not me taking away from this moment like the confetti like i i, I felt it not just because keith lee's one of my favorite wrestlers but just because you this felt like a journey that had been in the works for a while and not just because uh wwe had to kind of change gears massively um it's just that you know we obviously we have drew mcintyre uh, winning at WrestleMania. We have Keith Lee winning here. I just think the only thing that's difficult is that neither of those men have had a chance to really, and it's not just about, you know, getting the you deserve it chance, but they haven't really had that chance to have that conversation with the fans of being like, this is who I am as your champion. Uh, with the with the heels, you don't need to do that as much because they don't listen to the fans. They're just like, here's who I am. It doesn't matter what you think of me. This is my, me staying, you know, laying out my manifesto for my title reign and it's just weird the only the only thing that i have any regrets over is yeah we don't have this moment in front of fans and keith lee can sort of receive that adulation that he deserves and just truly like feel like he is a a people's champion because he's so over he's so beloved uh because he does have that raw charisma that completely unique style that yeah like you say once in a generation athlete it's just a shame that until fans come back which is not going to be SummerSlam now that's confirmed um it's it, it's it's weird like neither him nor drew mcintyre's title i don't think that title change is going to feel complete until you have that first moment with him having belts uh in front of the fans and i hope that i mean it depends what they're going to do with carrying cross but i hope he's still champion when fans come back that's all yeah. i hope yeah i really do hope so i think i think you need to give him a good run and i think like you know you don't want to do what you did with what they did with becky as well like the most the other most recent two belt champion um and just go like well next next pay-per-view one of them has to go you can't be both champions mm. um we need to we need to start spreading this around between everyone um and you know i think it's a great way to give someone a load of heat though if you if you did want to choose like making keith lee drop the belt one of the belts immediately like that is a really good way to to sort of build up a heel into you know i would i would say that maybe the nxt championship is the better one to take off him but you know i think they they with becky they obviously did the, the smackdown belt comes off becky and she becomes the raw champion um because that's the bigger belt so like i imagine the end the north american championship will be dropped pretty sharply from keith lee unless they're going to unify the belts which i don't think they should do that's a, that's the wrong choice i like i like having the two belts in nxt i think it gives the, the the roster depth and people more stuff to fight over um but yeah like it, this is just it, it is just a shame that it has to happen without fans and you know this, this feels like a momentous occasion and it feels like maybe we were sort of rushed into it because this was booked against uh fighter fest um 
sorry, there's so many fight AEW things and my head was like, fight for the fallen, fight for the... And I was like, no, okay, fight fest. Um, yeah, <laughs> like this was just booked against fight fest and they wanted something really big and momentous to be like, no, 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 this is serious. We, we always intend to do the Great American Bash, uh, which maybe they did, I don't really know. Uh-huh. And, and I think I think they definitely felt like they want, this was something they wanted to do with Keith Lee. Like I was always saying, it felt like Keith Lee was the, the one to beat Adam Cole. And really, I think doing it in a way that cements him as... A, an outstanding example of an NXT wrestler. Like, you know, he's the first ever double champion in NXT. Like, that really is the way to go with him because the year that he had last year um, was just phenomenal from the moment NXT went on USA. Like, you you can't... I don't think anyone's made that much impact uh, on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT except Adam Cole. So this, yeah. this really was, like for all the marbles this is for all the props and you can't take anything away from adam cole here in in losing this i don't think he loses anything like he's had such an amazing run i think keith lee is the right guy to lose the belt to as well because it you know it's keith lee he can i i i imagine he can kick out of however many last shots you want to do adam cole however (laughs) many panama sunrises you want to go for like i really do think he he could and you know there are moments here where cole kicks out some of lee's greatest offense like there was that there was a moment that i thought that was a brilliant moment where lee gets him in a spirit bomb and cole just does the one finger on the ropes a la kevin owens um the, the sort of contemptuous i'm getting out of this um it, it was really smartly booked and i think it was uh just a really really fun matchup and a great way to send adam cole out like i i kind of hope this is adam cole done in nxt like nah karen's cross not, is gonna kill him you think karen cross is gonna kill him yeah and so when but then we won't get like champa back and i don't know like if we get champa back and then it'll be is i'm gonna expect cole to come back i don't know it feels like it feels like there's 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 the kind of class of nxt that has been there for like they've all been held back a year um, hmm. <laughs> because of the USA deal and now because of COVID. So, like, yeah, it really feels like it's time to start moving people on. And I think Adam Cole is your prime example of someone who also already has a bit of cachet on Raw and SmackDown and could really make a proper impact there. Like, you know, if he'd got the uh, the Matt Riddle booking off the bat to just walk in and sort of go toe-to-toe with AJ Styles, I'd be really, really hot for that feud. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of, I kind of hope that they do something similar with Cole and the Undisputed Era in general, and just immediately insert them into a championship picture. Um, it's very weird to see the Undisputed Era, like so, in in one of the Mountain Dew sponsored uh, kind of like adverts. Um, uh, so you saw like the ad, the Undisputed Era. There was a little shot. It was it was tucked away inside an ad break, like off to the side of the screen. But there was a shot of the Undisputed Era arriving. Uh, so I was really, really surprised, like pleasantly surprised that they didn't come out. Um, and you know, I, I don't know if I missed, um, uh, as I was kind of scrubbing through to get to the matches, I don't know if I missed Cole, uh, telling the Undisputed Era not to come out, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a really nice little touch. Uh, let's be honest, this was supposed to happen at SummerSlam. Um, I don't think it was supposed to happen these two specific weeks uh, in the year um, because, yeah, like SummerSlam is one of two hard resets for for NXT. You know, you have like uh, you either go up after WrestleMania or you go up after SummerSlam like Bailey did. And I think that's when we'll we'll lose Adam Cole. But like it, the kind of pedigree of the matches he's had kind of speaks for themselves. And uh, this was uh, a 20 minute uh, modern 
classic I, I absolutely loved it like it it you know it doesn't have necessarily as much of the kind of storytelling nous that uh, some of the greater takeover matches had because like you say this was built to a little hurriedly um you know like keith lee you think you know would you know you'd have undisputed era making keith lee's life terrible for a while and then he'd overcome the odds and even the playing field finally for his final showdown with him and cole but it was sort of slapped together but with a generally storyless match like these two are uh two of the greatest athletes uh in wrestling today uh given time to tell a story not go too crazy with the false finishes uh and have what yeah one of the best tv matches um on nxt in a in, in a very long time i yeah. i really really liked it they're such a they're such a wonderful pairing as well i think they complement each other like in that way that die jack and lee complement each other because they are just like the same blueprint um, and that means that all the sort of like, look at the crazy flying guys, uh, they they can just both match each other in that. I think here, because they're, actually, because they're opposites, they work so well together because Lee has the versatility to take Cole's regular offense, like the Panama Sunrise, et cetera, which, you know, imagine Cole trying to hit Panama Sunrise on Braun Strowman, not mm. happen, but Keith Lee can do it. But then Cole is light enough for Keith Lee to pick up like he's paper and just be like, wee, look, I've, I've made it. I've chosen that you're having a superplex now, so um, please brace yourself. <laughs> I don't need anything from you. You're, it's just happening. Uh, you are just like being picked up off the, off the blooming apron. I think this was the match that I kind of was hoping that Gargano Lee would be. And Gargano Lee was a different match, and I actually really liked it, but that was much more of a kind of a moustache twiddling, you know, villainy match from Johnny Gargano working off an injury. Whereas I, because yeah, obviously Keith Lee, yeah, he can, he can flip himself into a Canadian destroyer. He's that special. He can hit a moonsault, uh, and he finally did. Hooray! Uh, hit his moonsault. Um, and yeah, he, he, I, like, I kind he liked of... it though when he finally hit it. He, no. like, he was like, "Oh, that." Do you know what? Maybe not hitting these is the better way for me. It was a borderline liter moonsault. It looked, it looks, it, it looks scary, but he he definitely hit it. Um, he did do it uh, from the second rope though, rather than yeah, like, exactly. Lisa's his top rope and all downwards. Uh, <laughs> Lee's was at least like he just didn't have as much space. Leaders is a coffin drop with slightly more rotation, <laughs> just slightly. Uh, but yes, uh, congratulations to Keith Lee. Um, who would you say is prime uh, prime challenger uh, for? Let's say they're doing a takeover before SummerSlam. Uh, who would you who would you run against Keith Lee? Priest, probably. Ooh. I would. Would I you, would would you like... make him do it twice? You'd make him defend both belts. Yeah, I, I would. At some, I think at SummerSlam, I would make him defend two belts. But I probably, I would probably try and get a challenger in before that. And I would, I would. Uh, yeah, I don't because I erring on the side of I, I would want to take the North American title off him ASAP. Um, mm. Probably not at the first defense. I, but I would, I would stack all the deck against him in terms of uh, competition. So maybe, maybe putting Johnny Gargano back into the North American title picture might be a good one as like a yeah, and you can play out that. Again, that devious side of him, and then give him someone really big to take on for the, the NXT Championship. Um, and then I think, yeah, Cross should have his match against Cole maybe at that takeover. And then after that, you move Cole, uh, you move Cross into a program with Keith Lee. Um, and Cross could be the one to take one of the belts off of Keith Lee. Because again, I think Keith Lee's, while obviously amazing, I, I am <laughs> like they must be salivating at the idea of getting him on Raw and SmackDown. Um, so I, I, I imagine this this run might be shorter than you think mm. with these two belts uh, because yeah they're gonna want him like he is he is star power 
Um, and yeah, I think you, you're going to want him by Survivor Series, really, because you're going to want a repeat of the Survivor Series stuff, but this time on the team of Raw, who like to win all of Survivor Series. So mm. I think you could be run. I think you could. I, I, I think he's probably going to lose his North American Championship first and then kind of pull it out the bag at the last minute for the for the big gold. It's like I, I'm thinking next takeover, Carrion versus Cole. Um, I think maybe uh, Gargano Lee for North American because Johnny Gargano is going to make him, you know, defend both because he's a sniffing little dirt bag. Uh, and I think we might get the belt on Gargano so they can work towards uh, man and wife champs, which I feel, which oh, feels yeah. like the kind of story going there with, you know, after the match with uh, Yim, she was like, well, we've got some things to make right. And I think uh, Candice is going to have her eye on EO. Um, and then I think, who would you run against? Keith Lee, uh, maybe Champa, maybe Champa mm. back. Um, if you want, you know, it, maybe if we're going to lose Champa after SummerSlam as well, who knows? Um, in terms of like who's like in line so for an like NXT title, wasted title, opportunity with Champa if they do that though, right? Like it just feels like I don't know. I want to see him have Goldie again, and I don't want him to lose gold. Like I don't want him to go up against Keith Lee because it's just it feels like an impossible choice. I'd really want to see him have that that run with Goldie that he never got to really have. Mm. You know, it'd be interesting. I'd be quite um, like I know. I think we sh- probably should get Carrion Cross doing something at the next takeover. And I think he, after you know, destroying Champa, like he, I don't think he can go back to just a nobody. So Cole seems like the guy. Yeah. But I would quite like to see Keith Lee defending uh, the NXT Championship against the entire Undisputed Era, like a fatal, <sighs> like a fatal four way. Just like have uh, so Cole basically being like, well, I didn't have my boys, so right now, fatal four way, everyone. Uh, everyone in the pool were doing this, and and Lee kind of survives that way. Or like an under, or like an undisputed gauntlet match. Keith Ooh. Lee starts him with like, yeah, Bobby, and then it's Kyle, and then it's Roddy, and then it's Cole, and he has to beat all of them to retain. That would be a lot of fun. But yeah, I think there's there's some really good stuff they can do with Keith Lee. Like, I, I think you need to hype up the fact that he, you know, it, it's remarkable that he won the championships. Uh, I think you know you want to stack the deck against him as much as possible and have him overcome and overcome and overcome, and then. Carrying Cross, boom, NXT Championship down the drain. He's the champion now. And that brings Carrying Cross up to that level. I don't, not to say that Carrying Cross hasn't really been already built at that level, but I just think you would immediately elevate him to like, these are the two titanic forces at the top of our card. Um, and probably two of the biggest names there's going to go, there's going to be going forward in WWE. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, we have spent a long time talking about Keith Lee and that match. You would, wouldn't you? Which is good. So, but let's talk about um, the the rest of the show. And the the rest of the show actually started with Keith Lee's missus Mia Yim taking on Candice LeRae in a street fight. This was a lot of fun. And like, yeah. obviously, like Candice is very well known for uh, on the indies doing a lot of crazy stuff in matches. Um, and this kind of like was felt like the feud boiling over, right? They've, they've both come out to fight. Mia Yim attacks during Candice's entrance. There's this crazy spot where Mia Yim uh, drop kicks Candice off uh, some random bit of architecture, like a weird table thing, through a uh, through the catering table, which no one was no one no one was after those bananas or those oranges. Adam, those oranges were still completely in the wrappers. It's important to get your fluids as close to the food as possible, especially nowadays. Uh, yeah, it was very much a. Uh, it was. Do you remember that that weird table of crisps from the Edge and Orton um, yeah. match? They just went backstage and just found this random table with just a bunch of crisps on it. It felt like one of those things. He's like, "What do we, what do we do to make it look like catering? I don't know. Just put some fruit there, and it'll be fine." Yeah, it was just like it was two two bits of fruit on one end, and on the other end, like a platter of what looked like chocolate, like <laughs> on like a lovely silver presentational platter, like a few bags of pork scratchings. It was... You know what you expect. <laughs> It was absolutely mental. Like, I, I mean, a lot of my notes here, like, and also Candice then did the, so after the drop kick and she's, Miriam's trying to pick her up. I, or maybe it was before. It was before, yeah. And then like Candice did what I think, what in my head is a Johnny Gargano move and used the fire extinguisher, which I think Johnny has done a hundred times in NXT so far. <laughs> but I like that. I like the kind of call, like they both did callbacks to each other in their matches uh, on this card. And it, I thought that was really cool. Um, there was a really good bit where Mia put Candice in the in the bin, did a big running boot to the bin, and then did her cannonball into it, which I just don't know how you protect yourself when that no. you don't know it's coming. Like, you know, everyone protects themselves from the cannonball by crawling backwards through the turnbuckles to be like, I'm not really in the ring anymore. You're just going to hit my chest. And like, if you're just in a bin, you just, I don't know. You just don't know. So like, this was this was more hardcore than I think I was imagining it being. Like, it, it it ended with um, Mia was going for the big, she had the brass knuckles and she punched a chair and then Candice nails with the chair. She gets up to go and she dumps her chairs over. Mia climbs up onto the table that they've set up on the um, turnbuckle and is going to jump off. Mia cuts her off. They have a bit of a brawl. Candice manages to uh, hit this diving, swinging neck breaker after nailing her with the knucks. 
onto the pile of chairs and just drapes one singular arm over and picks up the win. This looked was, great. This was that was amazing. That what that was such a good finish and like props to them for taking that as well because that's horrible. <laughs> that looked absolutely disgusting. Um, then we then it went to a break uh, and we obviously saw what was happening in the break. Johnny comes out and he picks up Candice and and leads her out and they celebrate. But then Mia Yim stayed in the ring and got like standing ovation from uh, the audience. And I don't know whether this was just because they were like, well, we're not going to a break, so just put something in the break that. Um, you know, that, that sort of fills the time that isn't isn't that like important for people to miss because otherwise they have to start building into the next match or do like a bunch, you know, do the undisputed era turning up earlier, which is I think was easy enough to kind of miss while someone's telling you about uh Jew Nation or like Shaquille O'Neal's selling you pizza. Oh, the chacaroni. Yeah, or they're talking about uh, how vaping is really bad for you. Um, or American advertising, it's wonderful. Although that one with the big foot that keeps being on. Um, do the do, Laurie. Do, do the do. do. What does that mean? Do I it. The idea that also they're selling like Mountain Dew bottles with the, the branding of 50 different states on them. And if you buy all of them, you get $100. <laughs> but if you've bought all of them, you've spent probably about a hundred dollars <laughs> and also are you traveling do you have to like do you only sell them in the certain states that they're from so do you have to go to 50 states to get a hundred dollars is that worth it like if you, if you get all 50 of them you get a very special frame certificate of being the world's saddest man yeah and it's lurid green because uh, that's the the mountain dew branding um but yeah so me does Yim's... wonders to your piss i'm sure <laughs> it's like yeah it's the asparagus of drinks um and so like mia stays in the ring though and gets this standing ovation so that that did just make me wonder like that feels like that's like what happens at the end of someone's tenure in in nxt usually or just with wwe in general you get that night that big moment of like well done like so i wonder if mia yim is on the way up um, it feels like it might be a bit of a weird time to do that if Keith Lee has just won the, the championships and you, you're still sort of, you know, it feels like the Gargano Candice story isn't quite done yet. You know that we 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 still want the limitless cup, uh, the limitless couple against the Garganos, and to build something out of that. So I don't know, but I, I just wonder whether it was, and it, it, I think maybe it feels like. Mia Yim has achieved all she's going to achieve in NXT. Like she's been mm. in the championship picture quite a few times. She's been heavily featured, um, and she she really recently has been on a, a quite a major winning streak in terms of like beating most people apart from in the fatal four way, obviously to, to become number one contender. But like she she has beaten a lot of people recently, and then this Candice feels like putting all of that momentum into Candice now and maybe it's time for Miriam to take a step back and then maybe that step back is a step up to a different roster. I don't know. What happened after that though was Bronson Reed took on Tony Nice. Uh my first note for this match is that Tony Nice desperately needs a gimmick. Like an actual <laughs> like an actual uh, gimmick. Excuse me. He has eight of them. Um but pointing at your abs is not a gimmick. Uh, it's not a gimmick. It's not a good character. There's a reason he I don't think he's like really gaining any momentum in WWE because he's this proved once again he's bloody fantastic I really love Tony Nese's like in-ring style I just hate the premier athlete <laughs> I use gimmick really scathingly and lightly here because it's not a gimmick to just go count them one like he's got eight how many have you got uh, I've got I've got one I know that much just yeah, one big one 
I've got some, but they're on the inside. Um, <laughs> <That's how. laughs> uh, yeah, I I thought this was really good. This was Bronson Reed getting a bit of momentum back after being smushed by Karrion Cross. Um, this was a really good pairing. I think like Nice was doing all he could to like take the mick out of Bronson's cardio. Essentially, like there was a the brilliant moonsault off the top, and they did some jumping jacks, and then he gets flattened. He I love it. And just got slapped out of the air. No. Uh, and then he does the big military press and the huge sent on. Um, I love Nice's. Uh, there was a moment where Nice just this crazy. He obviously slapped his leg, but just this, this mental throat punch to Bronson Reed, and then slingshot uh, stun gun onto the ropes, and then hit his springboard triangle moonsault back into the ring. And just like Tony Nice is just he is amazing. I just wish they would either turn either turn the sort of snarky. Uh, my body's better than yours thing up more or uh, give him a different gimmick. Because he, you know, he, he could be sort of almost like a dashing Cody Rhodes style character, but for just being in like a model shape, I guess. I don't know. Like, I think he's great. I just, I just wonder why they just, they just don't give more, like give him more to do. And obviously like it's because he keeps getting squashed by Bronson Reed. Because um, then Bronson really hits a big splash and wins the match after sort of kicking out of the moonsault. It's weird, isn't it? Like he's not, he's like he's so good. Is Tony Nice? It's like he sort of like what? What is the difference really between? Because like when Buddy Murphy was two hundred five live like cruiserweight champ, everyone like loved him. He was he was very very popular uh, in in that role before he be- sort of became Seth Rollins's uh, sidekick. And I'm just trying to wonder like what is the difference between like Buddy Murphy, you know cocky heel amazing in the ring and tony niece cocky heel amazing in the ring because i think i do agree with you i think there is you feel like there's something missing from tony niece but you didn't didn't necessarily feel like that with buddy murphy is that just because buddy murphy was being sort of featured in the wwe uh kind of like main roster machine but wasn't quite getting his like he, he he wrestled against roman reigns he wrestled against like daniel bryan like he had a couple of really good matches but never felt like he got what he was deserving whereas tony niece is a same size fish in a smaller pond like i don't like what what's the what's the kind of thing there i don't i i think i think it's more because people already knew buddy murphy right coming from nxt and like i think blake and murphy were uh, they were a very good tag team uh but they were a bit they were sort of at that point in nxt where most of it was a bit unremarkable and then they they sort of they dropped the belts to uh the four villains i believe and that's when like i think you got some slightly more some slightly bigger characters coming through NXT and, and more for people to grab onto because Blake and Murphy just didn't really have character. Mm. Like it, and, and really their pairing was all about Alexa Bliss and, and and that's how the main roster viewed them when they went, we'll just take Alexa Bliss, thank you. And that left them completely rudderless. But then Murphy got in crazy shape and um, came back with all this new offense when, when he joined the Cruiserweight division, division. And I think that everyone was just so shocked at the transformation and they, they that really bought him a lot of cachet to be like you know and i think he got really good presentation with the cruiserweight stuff where they were you know saying that he he kept having to make weight for 205 live because he looked too big to be on 205 live and you know realistically probably was but like i think <laughs> they, they gave they gave him that sort of like he is almost a heavyweight and a lightweight division and he had really good packaging and i think tony nice just turned up as the premier athlete had eight abs already and Five years later, still trying to count them. Um, <laughs> you've reached them. You've counted them. 
niece. Uh, and I, I think that's probably why, because I do, I, I do think that, you know, they, they even had a brief pairing for a, a very short period of time. Um, but yeah, I just think Buddy Murphy, even just look wise has more charisma. I don't know. Like there's something he's got a bit more of a magnetic presence, I think than the niece does. Um, and maybe that's just because yeah, niece's current gimmick is, is almost like it's too basic. It's too like top line. I, I count my abs. Mm. I can do flips and stuff. That's great, but I count my abs. And obviously, he's also used mostly in enhancement roles to make other people look really, really good, um, which I think he did here. Reed looked fantastic coming out of this. Nice obviously looked fantastic. I just would like to see more from him because they keep featuring him, but he doesn't really have much to him. Can we talk about the setup of this match, which is apparently there, there was a dark match in the Great American Bash. And it's just like, okay, you do realize that the fans in the audience don't need warming up right because they work there i just i love the i love the idea that they're doing these dark matches in front of their fellow trainees it's just like where does training stop in a dark match for the great american bash but um start uh, i just thought it's like, was, it was like, yeah funny. you guys yeah look, here, this is how you really do a wrestling leon ruff get out here mate like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's baff- it's baffling logic um but then more baffling logic was the next section which was robert stone was asking shotzi blackheart to join the brand uh obviously look at those shoes Oof. wow you shall go to the ball um <laughs> this, kick your heels this was a no, yeah exactly there's no place like home that's probably what he's thinking there's I no saw, place like stone i started watching um titan games over the weekend uh, which is the Rock's version of Gladiators. It's the only way I can describe it or wipe out, I guess. And um, he was on it, Robert Strauss. He was in the first, he's like in episode three of the first season. Uh-huh. Uh, and he gets a very short, brief moment where they go like, yeah, he's a, he's a wrestler and they do like a montage of stuff and he idolizes the Rock, et cetera. But he, he cannot work out the first challenge and fails miserably. Um, not the best run for Robert Stone. And now, and now here he is in NXT. So he asked Shotzi to join the, to join the brand and then Killian Dane arrives and attacks him, throws him down in to a, the floor. In a proper Chris Jericho Kane moment, he accidentally spills coffee on a big man, gets thrown into the wall, and then Shotzi runs over his foot with her tank. Eat her tank. She did it for the rock. Uh like yeah. why just increasingly I, sad I, life of Robert Stone. I, I just, mm. it's just not I'm not amused anymore by watching this man, this poor guy get like just for for the for the nerve of asking people to be their manager like yeah he's not he's not even doing it obnoxiously it's not even like he's you know the Rhea Ripley one I guess was a little bit obnoxious because he asked like he was like you know I'm gonna force you to be on my brand but here he's just like asking quite nicely gets into a bit of a fight with Shotzi I don't know I feel bad for him I think he should just get some business cards printed and just leave them around the place and then wait for the calls rather than I think going out and networking isn't his thing I think I, like we talked about it last week and it's just like this properly feels like it feels like it's going nowhere so it just feels cruel uh which is like whatever I'm sure you know it's 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 TV time I'm sure something will happen eventually when they figure out but it right now it feels quite aimless uh and it you know what these start to feel like? These feel like the. Do you ever see the um, Mister? Uh, that's not Mister White. That's not wise. Segments where the kind of referee who had to retire because of a shoulder injury had a series of vignettes on Raw where he was being interviewed by Josh Matthews and he kept trying to commit suicide. <laughs> 
you remember that? Yeah, referee Tim White was basically just like every week, Josh Matthews would go and it's the increasingly sad life of Tim White. And he would just go and see how Tim White was doing. And Tim White would just try and kill himself in a different way, like by swallowing rat poison or by blowing wow. or like blowing his head off with a shotgun. Uh, and yeah, it was like, oh, dark, horrible stuff, way more dark and horrible than this. But it just starts to feel and but it had that kind of aimless cruelty, that kind of that general sense that somewhere someone in the back is laughing at this no one like this is like maybe just road dog by himself chortling mm-hmm. at uh, at the increasing misadventures of robert stone it's just like well either take it somewhere or like because at, at the you know it's just the same joke over and over again and robert stone can pull this face however much he wants but you there are such a thing as diminished returns and we don't like i want to i want to care about robert stone i want to care about his, yeah. his his story because he's you know he's trying to get you know he wants something and he's trying to achieve something which is an interesting thing for a character to do but yeah shame it's like we we said about the rhea ripley thing like the better outcome would have been rhea ripley being forced to work with robert stone like that that is a much better storyline instead rhea ripley just moves on having beaten a man and a woman and that is and where was she on this week's nxt yeah robert robert stone still getting featured but obviously for the purposes of being mocked viciously and I don't know, like, yeah, it is just, it does just feel like it's going nowhere and it feels kind of cruel because the situation he's in is entirely the doing of WWE and NXT for just being like, well, we're taking Chelsea Green. We're not going to do anything with Chelsea Green now that we've got her, but we're taking no. Chelsea Green. Uh, and that means you're completely aimless. So you can have, uh, what's in the cupboard? Oh, it's Aaliyah. Here's Aaliyah. Have, have this Aaliyah. See what you can do with it. Oh no, we put you in the bin. Uh, why are you not getting over Robert Stone? Why <laughs> why are you not getting over you smelly bin man? Well, Needs more like, vomit. I, yeah, I don't know. It I think the Robert Stone stuff is nonsense. I want to see it go away. Uh or at least I hope it sort of they they sort of do a very slow face turn with it and you know, we can finally have a heroic Robert Stone moment where someone big signs the brand and he has success because that that only that really only feels like what's what's worth doing with it now. Like they have made him so pathetic that I don't want to see him succeed while they still like he's a heel. It's like, is he a heel? He's done nothing wrong for weeks. He's just now. trying to do his job. He's, he's just an agent. Job. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's so weird. Um, the next match. We've, we've talked about this a little bit uh, before we came on this uh, podcast, actually, and it's Swerve versus Johnny Gargano. You really liked it. I wasn't massively blown away by this. Um, I, I thought there was more that these two could have done. It was very like, this was a match about matching speed and matching technique. And it was very much like the two guys showing off that they both had each other's number. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of moments in this where like they were dodging out moves and stuff in it. And then like, a couple of times they did sort of like leg up, I'm going to kick you. And they both did it at the same time. Like, ah, 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 I see. I've called you. Um, it felt, it felt indie wrestling uh, more than even more so than a normal Johnny Gargano match. I still, I still think it's good. I still think both guys are great, but it wasn't, it was, it felt slow for these two. Like I felt that there was a quicker pace match here that they could have done like a, and a, and a bit more, I think stuff hitting a bit quicker and, and, and like a bit more fluidly. Um, not to say that the dodging and stuff isn't cool and obviously very well choreographed, but mm. I just felt like there was some, some of the stuff where like the near falls and things lacked a bit of impact because they just came a little bit slower than I was expecting. So I don't really know. How did you find it? I liked it. Uh, I, yeah, it, it felt like a Gargano match I haven't seen for for a little while because Gargano's either been featured in sort of like heel matches or squashes mostly. 
Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I dug it. I, I, like I said, yeah, it, it, it is. It's very indie wrestling. But like I say, uh, on this card, I thought uh, NXT were quite shrewd in the variation of the match. You have some trios. You've got a, a, a huge kind of like heavyweight uh, clash. You've got um, a kind of a garbage, uh, a garbage fight. Uh, you've got a monster squash. Uh, and yeah, you have a kind of like a little, a little highly choreographed indie dance showcase. And I, and I, I, I liked it. Um, I thought um, Gargano and I, yeah, like I said, I haven't seen Gargano kind of work his kind of his incredibly, his incredibly choreographed chain wrestling in a while. So it felt kind of nice and refreshing uh, for me at least. And I, I, I think the him, the, uh, the pairing of him and Swerve is a pairing. I'd actually, I'd actually like to see again. Yeah. Um, for, you know, I, ideally with a crowd. But uh, I, I, you know, poison run on the outside. I can, I thought I like the little kind of going for the tombstone. Johnny grabs the ropes and he sort of countered into a Mishinoku driver. Uh, like, yeah, it, it, very indie, but I, I liked it. it it's, yeah, it, it gave the show something else. Reminders us all that, oh, yeah, we did fall in love with Johnny Gargano for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it does kind of, in, I, I'm interested to see what Johnny Gargano does next. And, and to be honest, if it's like a two out of three falls, you know, if they build something out of like a two out of three falls matches with Swerve Scott, I'm not. I'm not a guinea. Uh Yeah, I had fun. Yeah, I don't know. I thought there was just a couple. There was just a couple of moments for me where I was just like, I don't really understand why anyone's done that. Like that, my I think my go-to is one where Swerve whips Johnny into the corner. Johnny does an up and over, and Swerve like runs into the corner. Johnny then runs back to the center of the ring and then like pikes and goes back to the the corner like laterally along from where Swerve is. Jumps over that, goes to the middle of the apron. Swerve runs back into the center of the ring. Is like. Where is Johnny gone? Turns around and gets the uh, the through the rope spear. That just all felt a bit like I don't know. It just didn't flow in the way I was kind of expecting it to. And I think that's kind of what was missing for this match was like it didn't necessarily flow as mm. smoothly as I wanted it to. I, I think everything they did was very impressive and very cool. I really loved what the poison runner outside was the particular highlight for me. But there was a lot of like a lot of misses and a lot of like dod- it was almost like too much dodging and not enough offense being hit. Um, yeah, like Johnny Gargano's matches can lack a bit of psychological connective tissue, um, which is why kind of I think him and Adam, like I think him, I think Adam Cole does that as well, which is why him and Adam Cole kind of got too ridiculous for its own good at one point. Uh, and I think when the guy, you know, when this match was only supposed to go, you know, less than eight, less than 10 minutes, um, obviously they wanted to cram as much of stuff in there as they could. And there wasn't really a good like story underpinning for it. Uh, so yeah, I can understand it, make it feel quite throwaway, and some of the spots feel a bit more contrived. I just, I don't know. I, I like flips. I like, I like, I, I, I like martial arts dodging. It's, it's <laughs> fun. Like, yeah, wrestling's as fake as a martial arts movie. So I, oh, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm, as, I, I agree. They should try and tell a story that makes sense. And if you do catch out wrestlers being just like that spot doesn't make sense, then yeah, re- you know they've 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 had an error there because that's you you are supposed to be able to suspend your disbelief. So that's completely valid. It's just that I I I I had a nice you time. You don't mind. I, I, know, clap, I like... my, clap my little hands. I like. Um, I just I do. I yeah. I, like I said, I just I just think there is that missing bit there that would have made it really like. I, I actually have kind of preferred Johnny's more recent heel matches because he's got a real character going and like a real way of wrestling. I obviously love babyface Johnny Gargano and 
you know, the, the, the big showcases put on with Champ and stuff, but they, they were so psychologically driven. Um, one thing I really loved, and I think this might actually be my, like beyond the main event, this is probably my highlight of the show, was the next package between Tegan Knox and Io Shirai. One, because it, 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 it was both brilliant and absurd. Um, because Io Shirai is delivering her promo about Tegan Knox coming for the NXT Women's Championship from underwater. Her voice has been dubbed to sound underwater. She is like in this fish tank holding the NXT Women's Championship. She's breathing bubbles. She like surfaces like an alligator ready for the fight. Um, meanwhile, Tegan Knox is like, you came from the land of the rising sun and I came from Wales. And here I am <laughs> in a park with a tree and <laughs> there is a dog in the distance. There is a, I... yeah. She looked like she was in the training montage from like uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Like the, oh, on your left. Yeah. yeah, the on your left bit. Like she was just she's just working out in a park with a resistance band and her sports gear and doing squats. And meanwhile, EO's being like like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, like the sea witch. <laughs> yeah, it was such it was such a juxtaposition because also it wasn't it wasn't just a promo in which Tegan Knox said her bit and Io Shirai said her bit. They were talking to each other. That it was cut as if they were having a conversation because Io was saying so, and then Tegan was like, "Well, Io, no, that's that's not true at all." It was bonkers, and I really liked it. Yeah, like EO is presented as being like this sort of science abomination from a horror anime, mm. uh, especially with that Japanese voiceover. I loved it. And Tegan is having a nice day in the park. <laughs> I mean, they're not being packaged necessarily as evil, uh, as equals, which is fine because I think like that Tegan Knox is going to get out of this, hopefully, a really good match, um, a hard fought loss, and is going to emerge with race uh, stock. I don't think anyone's expecting Tegan not uh, to win next week. Um, uh, not even Tegan. Um, but like, it's it, it's all the right steps you need to sort of build up uh, Tegan Knox, and it's just like that's the thing is Eo is just already there. She's found her perfect, uh, <laughs> perfect kind of packaging. I love the underwater stuff. Mm. It's so weird, and she looks amazing with just ghostly lighting. She just looks like yeah, that kind of this haunted, um, this haunted girl from a from a, a Japanese horror, from a J horror. It, it's brilliant, uh, and I think uh, I I really looking forward to the match uh, next week. Um, the only thing is, I just hope. I hope that Tegan goes for that ridiculous uh, reverse cannonball that she does and just you know, just smacks her out of the air. It hits her so hard that Tegan no- learns never to do that stupid move again because it's, it's awful, that silly reverse cannonball. Where it looks like she drops herself on her own head more than she hurts <laughs> her opponent. But yeah, can't wait for that match. Really fun presentation. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, we then got like a quick, there was a really quick tail of the tape for uh, Keith Lee versus uh, Adam Cole. The only reason I think this is remarkable because they'd written the intangible at the bottom and it was that Adam, Adam Cole is undisputed and Keith Lee is limitless. I love just the sort of uh, the pointless throwing around of words as if that matters. <laughs> like really the, really the big thing is like Keith Lee's size and weight written on this tail of the tape, right? I think more than anything else. But yeah, we're going to talk about the intangible of just being undisputed at what you have to be undisputed at something <laughs> the tailor said mm, it would appear that keith has no limits you've got to imagine that's an advantage going yeah. into this match except that we've listed his height and weight as an exact figure so <laughs> riddle me that nxt uh, we then got um 
uh, Legado del Fantasma versus Brizango and Maverick. Uh, this was, I think, quite clever psychologically, this match. This was all about uh, Fantasma staying away from Maverick. Maverick was desperate to go one-on-one in the ring with, with Fantasma, um, and everything that Legado del Fantasma did was to keep that hot tag until the perfect possible moment in the match where Maverick finally tags in and gets in there with Phantasma. He starts this huge flurry. He gets his, his uh, running bulldog um, and starts to build to the finish, but then everyone rolls back in and there's a bit of a scrap. Maverick ill-advisedly goes to the top rope, gets caught, and then put into the Phantom Driver, and that's the one, two, three for uh, Legado del Fantasma. Um, I, one thing I didn't necessarily like about this match was that Brizango came out in the lucha masks with like the backdrop and it was all a bit goofy because I feel like the stakes are really big for Maverick. Like Maverick has been wearing a <laughs> neck brace. He's like this this is like this is like he he like this is the thing that like he you know he got his job back from this shore but this is the thing that sort of like almost ruined that Cinderella story. This was like the, the big sort of black spot at the end of his fairy tale comeback. Um and yeah, Brisango just like Lucha doors, we're just luchadors. <laughs> and he like and then he immediately walks out like, What are you doing, guys? Like <laughs> Yeah, he kept, like he looked pissed, which is really funny. Like it's just yeah, imagine if you're going into like sort of the biggest fight of your life in a, like, something that you've been really focused on. It's like incredibly emotionally meaningful for you. Uh, and you you know, you've organized your best mate is gonna be your second and he turns up on a unicycle, you'd be just like, Okay, we're not coming at this from the right perspective. <laughs> you need to be a bit more focused. I, I thought like uh, you know, Brizango had their little moments, but it's clear that they were kind of uh, thrown in here as a means to get it uh, a three on three. This is much more about establishing Legado del Fantasma. They did a nice, uh, like that little trios move there. Mm. Very good. Uh, they, they, they did like one move where it's just like, okay, they're working as a, as a three. But like the result here was never in doubt. Uh, Maverick, get, uh, I wasn't sure that Maverick was going to get pinned. Like they thought might, they might give him something. Like he's like, oh, I wasn't pinned. But it's like Maverick just, you need to go away and heal up and and yeah. try another day, mate. You're they've got your number, pal. I think <laughs> I think something. I think something more distracting as well would have been really good in the finish here. Like I think the everyone rolled into the ring, but like it was like for argument's sake, I'm gonna say it was Breeze and Wild and Fandango and Mendoza on opposite sides of the ring. They had a very quick like Whoa! and then like rolled out again almost immediately. And nothing happened in that that affected what Maverick was doing with Phantasma. Yeah, that's true. And then, and then, Maverick, and then all that happens is Maverick goes up on the turnbuckle, and Phantasma gets up quick, quick enough to knock him off, and then gets the Phantom Driver. Like, and that wasn't some... even explicitly played into the neck injury either. Like, if it's just if it'd been the nagging injury that just caught Maverick at that last moment, but he, he basically just yeah went to the top turnbuckle like an idiot because Ma- Drake Maverick is the world's stupidest man, and yeah, Escobar scouted him and 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 kicks his leg out from under his leg yeah and exactly i think that's the thing it's like something here where wilder mendoza got you know fought off brizango and then helped phantasma pick up the win would have positioned drake more as the underdog right like here he had all the help in the world and he still lost again for like and for just being for making the wrong choice not from not from like uh, something that you know, not from just being the babyface who was on the uh, on the rise here and about to win, like, and someone comes in and cuts him off, and you can at least go like, oh, they're they're sneaky, those guys. They they don't play fairly. They they they're triple teaming him. 
Uh, yeah, every single time Drake is, it's Drake making all the mistakes here. And unless they're going to start addressing that and making that <laughs> part of the story, like he keeps running into, like Beth Phoenix on commentary said, like Drake Maverick's, uh, they hear some qualities that Drake Maverick does not lack courage, bravery. And I was like, yeah, dot, 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 stupidity. Like it, <laughs> the he, tail of the tape. He just, yeah, his intangible, really <laughs> dumb. <laughs> A fathomless lack of strategy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just, I don't know what they're doing with him. Like, I, I you know, uh, it's so hard because you're just like, I, I just want to, I, I think you, you had a guy who was the ultimate baby face coming out of that, that, you know, interim cruiserweight championship tournament. And you are just ruining that with this booking because you're not, you're not actually making him more of a baby face. You're making him an idiot. Like, I think he could be, you know, a guy who fought really valiantly in that competition um, and then doesn't ever really get a fair shot again from getting his contract. And I think that would be the better story here. But he's getting fair shots. He didn't. He doesn't have to run out on uh, Phantasma at any of the times that he's done that. He doesn't have to run out. He doesn't have to climb the turnbuckle at the end of this uh, triple tag match and get nailed with the finisher. Like, these are all choices that Drake has made. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, and so I don't know. Like, it, maybe they're gonna do the the Kurt Hawkins story with him. I don't like. I don't know. I think he'll. I think he'll eventually beat Escobar. I'm surely. Mm. Otherwise, otherwise, what else has he got to recommend him for any of his other fights? Uh, it's just that, yeah, they are. They 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 repeat these because it would have been a, a fairly easy switch. You basically just like you say, Legado del Fantasma. You know, use their numbers game to take out Fandango. Use their numbers game to take out Tyler Breeze, and then you've got you know Drake Maverick on the floor on his hands and knees with all three dudes standing over him, and he just kind of like does that. And there's a you know like he that's not him. That's not, you know, he hasn't been put in this situation because bad strategy on his part. He's been put in that situation because these guys are dicks. And then, you know, but he's not going to back down from the fight. A little bit more of the kind of courage from Drake Maverick. But you really do establish the Legado as being like, yeah, a smart trio, like a proper trio rather than a slap together one of, uh, you know, cunning heels. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a slight change of perspective, but I think it's just a little bit more than, you know, climbing up to the top rope, making a mistake and then getting caught. Yeah, it's and just I think a bit, also, a bit more story. That would also save the the Maverick Escobar showdown. Like, I think that I think them finally getting a one on one, like any type of one on one interaction, should be the last thing that happens in this. It should literally be when the title is on the line. That's the only time that Drake gets one on one with Escobar and he beats the big boss. And, mm. and the rest of the time, it should be numbers. It should be Drake never gets his hands properly on Escobar. Like, because I just think that builds into the underdog story. And yeah, what they've done so far is not really, made, he's only an underdog because of his own fault. Uh, <laughs> uh, we then had Ray and uh, Gargano interview backstage and um, they were talking about their, their current victories and um, saying that Ray beat Mia Yim and she asked for it again and again and again and johnny said that they're the best power couple not just in the world but in the universe um he said that imagine if finn Balor didn't get in his way he'd be on the he'd be set to be a double champ champ this night so this, this seems like johnny and the ray's luck has kind of turned around at the great american fashion it feels like we might be building more into that storyline that uh has kind of not really come together just yet for them because it's been used to fuel Mia Yim and Keith Lee so far. Um, 
So I, I'm, I'm interested to see if they do go for a double champ thing. I think it's, I think that's quite an interesting story. Yeah, I'm up seeing that. And I, I think the name dropping of Balor suggests at least kind of like a number one contenders match, maybe to Keith Lee's uh, North American. Um, and then like maybe there's a number one contender for Keith Lee's NXT. Maybe Adam Cole is there, maybe Karrion Cross. blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I would just say like for this, I get a slight impression of where Gargano's going because there's really only one place for him to go. Now that one guy's got all the male championships, it's just like, well, surely everyone is gunning for Keith Lee now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Candice is just be like, does it feel like Candice's time to go for the women's belt? Like you want Eo to have a good run, but you do kind of want to see heel Candice on top as well because like, yeah, Matt, you know, the power couple of NXT, I think is a lucrative uh, storyline. It feels like this maybe should have happened before now. Because now that carrying crosses around, it's a little trickier to kind of get that because they are probably the power couple. Um, but yeah, it, it will be also it will be interesting to see where it's going. Like I'm really looking forward to next week's NXT now, just to get an idea yeah. of oh, where are we headed? Who's who's oh, challenging who? We are getting a Keith Lee celebration in the ring, and we are going to get a, a conga line of people coming out and being like me, me. Me, we're gonna get we're gonna get the more the most like raw opening for NXT. I think as uh, Keith Lee celebration happens, I don't, and I don't I don't mind that. I think I think actually Keith Lee would benefit from a you know the ring is surrounded by guys after these two championships um, moment where you know Keith Lee, who I think so much of NXT has been about like his his kind of his role within the locker room and him sort of feeling like he's on the up and up and he's friends with a lot of people and like he's helped a lot of people in his NXT time like especially taking on the undisputed era and stuff he's he's kind of he's always seemed amenable and a friend to everyone and i think the rots are turning on him because they want what he's got is actually a very interesting story to do with Lee. And like I said, I think you need to stack the deck against him. And that's probably the best way to do it is just to show sheer number of people who are gunning for him now. Um, we then got a, a quick spotlight on Imperium, um, which was sponsored by Mountain Dew. Uh, and then uh, Drew McIntyre talks about who he wants to see become double champion. He picked Adam Cole to win, as if he didn't already know the finish. Uh, Mercedes Martinez then had a match against Santana Garrett, and she beat her pretty handily. Yes, um, Santana Garrett dressed as a magical referee did her no favors. Yeah, uh, I Mercedes Martinez's music I found thoroughly underwhelming. Uh, her gear I loved, like the sort of the big frill and the sort of uh, face mask, very sensible in these times as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the looking like a sort of badass more combat character was brilliant. Um, yeah, this Santana Garrett got more in this than I thought she would get. Frankly, uh, like she 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 did some sort of like it starts off and Martinez just starts lumping her with <laughs> these these short punches uh, like they're obvious potatoes, but they actually work brilliantly. There was it was like I'm just gonna punch you, and yeah. you have to deal with it. And she just socked her into the corner, um, but then Garrett fights back with this big arm ringer, hits an octopus, and then Martinez manages to pick her up one arm, dumps her. She misses a splash in the corner, takes a handspring elbow from Garrett, but then runs straight back out of the corner, nails a big boot, and then pretty much Fisherman's Buster, one, two, three, that's the end. It, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think it, it, was, it, was, it was a perfectly fine little showcase for uh, Mercedes Martinez. I don't think her packaging quite landed for me as like, you know, I, I get that you probably want to move away from her being Shayna Baszler too. 
um that's the vibes i was getting and i feel i feel bad for saying it but like i was getting proper shana shana vibes and just seeing her you know she's been wrestling for main event recently uh that kind of just yeah it feel it fills you with a general despondency over anyone who even remotely reminds you of Shane Baszler. Yeah, so sad. But also because, yeah, like her and her and Baszler did have that amazing little face-off moment in the Battle Royal to decide the number one contender a while ago, which was just brilliant. Like I, I like, I do kind of like the fact that she she has that sort of, that she fits that same form that Baszler had in NXT. Um, I don't necessarily feel like this match or this presentation gave her that feeling, but I also think it's probably too soon to start really hotting up martinez um as a character in the women's roster they've, they've got a lot to sort out in very short space of time if they want to put her into a title picture or something bigger than just i think she's going to be destroying people for the next couple of months before anything really major happens so mm. i this this was fine as a sort of first reminder of who she is despite the fact she's debuted like three times for the nxt brand now um we then got Damien Priest saying that he's uh, got Cameron Grimes in a match next week. Uh, everyone will know that Cameron Grimes is a little bitch. And then he looked really happy. He's like, bitch. Wow. Hello, I, Roman Reigns. I swore on the telly. Um, <laughs> like, Yeah, it's fine. I, I think Cameron Grimes and Damien Priest are going to absolutely tear it up. Um, I really like both of the guys. So I am excited for next week. We then got Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels attempting to pick their winner from the double championship match. And both of them picked both people. So, <laughs> so thanks guys. I love Mick Foley. He was like, man, when it comes to Keith Lee and Adam Cole, there are two distinct options here. Uh, one is that Keith Lee wins. And the other is that Adam Cole wins. His, the wrinkle in his storytelling there was that if, if the match goes under 10 minutes, he thinks Lee's got it. And if it goes over 10 minutes, he thinks Adam Cole is going to win it. Sean Michael said that he, he also wants Adam Cole to win, uh, probably because he just looks at him and thinks, son. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, but he also had written down Keith Lee on a piece of paper, like, like he'd done a magic trick for himself. Showing like, he's working. You know, you know, like gets the brown envelope out. And I wrote this down two weeks ago. Keep oh, <laughs> that's not what I just said. Uh, it was that was baffling. Um, but then we had the Adam Cole versus Keith Lee match to cap off NXT this week. I think this was a really really good show. This was much, this this felt like it was it was more together than last week's edition. Um, last week obviously had was like buffered by a very good main event and a very good opening match, and then sort of in the middle lost its way a little bit. This had a bit of middle sort of fluff and padding. But I think that padding worked better. Like you said, it was it was there. It was very varied and gave you a lot of different like types of wrestling. It really did feel like kind of a wrestling showcase. It wasn't just one type of match. Not everything clicked for me, but I'm I'm still thoroughly enjoyed watching the show this week. Mm. Uh, which you know, re- recently in NXT history, I haven't necessarily uh, as much as I used to. So yeah, I'm I- pleased with this week's show. Well, I, yeah, I, I really, really liked it. You know, we've we talked about little changes that we would make in that, but a really strong show, really varied show. Felt like an actual, felt like it felt like an event. Um, really, really loved it. And, you know, even though I wouldn't say necessarily anything on the show was match of the year, just because, you know, we did have TakeOver uh, Portland and that was, you know, in front of a crowd. And that does make a difference. I do think we had one of the NXT moments of the year uh with with keith lee like the guy is is phenomenal uh he thoroughly deserves it wish it would have been under slightly different circumstances but yeah um genuinely felt like 
a big swell of emotion for the guy. I hope this is the start of something really, really big for him uh, in the company because he's proven that he deserves that that big spotlight. Uh, and yeah, uh, just really, really great match as well. And yeah, NXT moment of the year. Yeah, I, I just I, I I'm so chuffed for Keith Lee and like you know to think that before they went on USA, his gimmick was that he hadn't really been featured on NXT, and then yeah. the turnaround since uh, was it August it launched like September, like that the turnaround in in less than a year of that character and of of his role within the company to now be carrying not just not just like the top championship but the whole base he's carrying the men's division of NXT now on his back um and i think he's only ever going to rise to the occasion and i'm really excited to see you know that little tease of carrying cross watching on from the gallery with scarlet like that was the right choice as well because that just says like even this is you know there's something still coming for you there are still stakes here keith you might have ascended to the top of the mountain but it's about who's going to come and knock you off now um, mm. and i thought that was a really good choice like you know carrying cross getting involved with the match wouldn't have been happy with it that was perfect Really good episode of NXT. Seek out the main event because it is one of the better matches that NXT has put on all year. It's probably the best TV match they've had. I had a question before this and I can't remember what it was. So instead, I'll just ask you about high school. Uh, okay. Rob Bard. Which is the new? Which is the the next one that we're doing? Sure is very exciting. Like because uh, I think everyone was sort of gearing themselves up for horror. Horror came out of the vote uh, quite early on as the front runner. Uh, obviously, like um, everyone has been saying, poor Laurie, because you've you've had your your heart and your soul set on Victorian England for a very long time. Almost won the first poll, uh, dipped off in the second, and then the third one. It was at one point joint number one. Um, and it only lost by about like two or three votes, which is just just heartbreaking. Like maybe one day, maybe one day, old mate. But it is high we've school. Just been, we've just been stuck in America, like it, you know, it was city British wrestling initially, and now we've just been like we did the first, and then we've just immediately transferred over to being an American promotion. <laughs> just <laughs> another, yeah. just another just indie, another boring American indie promotion. <laughs> Here we are again at high school. Uh, you know, Victorian London would at least brought it back home. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pleased about the high school one, actually. I think it's it's at least the most different to, to what we've done before. I think horror would have, horror and superheroes kind of very outlandish. I think kind of grounding it in something so mundane as high school, which but mm. still has so many stupid tropes from films and stuff, will actually make it like, if you thought the squabbles were petty before, imagine what they're going to be like now uh i'm really pleased that it's high school actually yeah i think it's gonna be really fun i've had my conversation with tom my first conversation with tom about my character uh i have like three basically uh so like every other one i've done i've had basically one character i've wanted to play and i basically told tom that but this time around i'm sort of waiting to see who everyone else wants to because i've got three three characters all quite different and all could be slotted into a different view two of them heels one of them face so i don't even know uh what alignment i'm going with yet but i'm basically kind of said to tom like here are my options uh and then basically you you tell me whichever one kind of fits the fits the grand plan 
Uh, yeah, I, I pitched Tom one character and we had a 50 minute conversation about it. And as soon as I got off the call, my girlfriend suggested another character. And I now I'm going to play that character <laughs> because it's so much, it's so much better than what I pitched the first time. Oh, uh, awesome. But but requires tech. Uh, so we'll have to look into how we make it happen. I'm really looking forward to actually just doing the research for this one because it means I get to see um, a lot. Because I, you know, I'm like one of my big black holes of film uh, knowledge is I've not seen one of the you know the the john hughes movies i haven't seen uh 16 candles i haven't seen the breakfast club uh and i really it gives me a really good chance to even seek these out uh, and watch them um i want to see like bring bring it on again she's all that uh like um some of the some of the classic you know american pie the first uh, mm. just the just the first one that's fine just, um, it's stop there but there's loads of uh, like it because that's the thing is like you know we thought about it and it's like oh that's that seems a bit kind of tame compared to you know like horror could have been on victorian england but actually the in terms of like the sheer amount of great stuff uh like great high school movies there are there's so many it was like one of the it's one of the cherished american cinema genres yeah well, um, i think all you gotta do to pick a character really is watch the opening of mean girls and just take something from the list when she's being shown the school and be like, one of those, any of those will do. That's yeah. these are these are all your archetypes of American uh high school film characters. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's gonna be really, really fun. I'm I'm excited to see what everyone is. I'm excited more to see how Rick Thunder uh fits into this without it being creepy. <laughs> uh that, that's, I, I think that's too. the main thing. I'm I'm expecting, uh, and this is my bet for now, he's the janitor. That's, ah. my, that's my bet. Uh I mean, I'm I'm personally hoping for a Steve Buscemi like "What's up, fellow kids?" where he's just trying to convince as a high schooler with his gigantic jet. I think that would be really really funny. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and that's on No Rolls Bar, which is on Parts Fun Known, and you should definitely go and watch it. the The most recent one, the superheroes one, went up last week uh, on the weekend, actually. And yeah, we'd really appreciate if you went and watched that. If you like silly superhero things and superheroes attempting to kind of wrestle they're, they're mostly wrestling uh, and yeah. then i think you'd enjoy that uh otherwise on podcast in podcast land you're gonna have the friday show uh with luke i'm not sure who luke's guest is this week uh you're going to get saturday smackdown and then we're back on the grind next week with raw nxt aew etc etc thank you so much for listening goodbye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.